Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop. Jason here, and today I am ranking expansions for Everdell. Everdell is a worker placement and tableau building style game in which you are playing the cutest of woodland creatures and trying to build the biggest, most attractive village in the land. You're going to be placing those workers and gathering resources. You're going to be using those resources to acquire cards, critters, and constructions that work together. You're here for the combos. If you can execute those card combos the best, then you'll get the most prestige and win the game. I love this game solo, and I love this game multiplayer. It is the perfect weight for me. Uh, it's not light. It's not heavy. It is right in the middle, just like Goldilocks. Everdell is one of those games that is probably going to be in my collection for a very, very long time. As I record this in 2022, there are five big box expansions available, as well as additional content. And I'm going to go ahead and describe them all and rank them here in this video. I like all the expansions, so why am I ranking them? Because we see what you want here in the One Stop Co-op Shop audience. You like when we rank stuff. So here you go. A ranking video of Everdell with all the expansions. Let's get to it. Disclaimer, I've worked with Starling Games and Tabletop Tycoon for a number of years, and I've gotten expansions of Everdell as review copies throughout that time, including all these expansions that I'm about to present. My number six expansion for Everdell is New Leaf. This is for the gamer who felt constrained or had those little uh, points of frustration with the basic game. You were going for a certain combo, but the other card of that combo didn't show up. You had your eye on a special event and other players ninja'd the second card that you needed to get that pair. New Leaf says, no problem, and adds multiple paths to victory. So this might be of uh, most interest to a lot of gamers who wanted more village cards. You get a ton of new village cards. And the way they work is that they don't pair just one to another. Uh, they go with any so that you get something and then any uh, unique would be able to get you that for free. The greenhouse, you'd be able to summon any green card. So that's not unlimited. You only get three opportunities at that with these golden Occupy tokens, but that's plenty. You should be able to do anything that you need to do production-wise with the uh, improved New Leaf cards. You want more abundance? New Leaf has it for you. This is an expanded meadow called The Station, where you'll get a card and you'll be able to get an extra resource along with that card. And there's plenty more of these train card tokens where that came from. You have these visitor cards, which are like uh, special events. So if you miss out on the base game special events, you got plenty more for you. You also have these tokens, which allow you to reserve a card. And then another point during the season, you could uh, play the card into your city at a resource discount. You have these tickets, which two times per game allow you to move meeples, kind of a train that lets you go all around the city. If you're shut out of one path, the New Leaf gives you many, many tools to go another way. Now, my personal preference is to have those constraints and maximize what I have. So the New Leaf play style isn't quite resonant with what I'm used to, but there are other gamers out there that might delight in having so many options. It's my number six expansion, but it might be higher for you. My number five is the Belfair expansion. Uh, this is the board that I've attached to the top of the main board. So more pathways to points, an abundance paradigm, not as much as New Leaf, but that's the direction in which you're going. 
So a little bit of competitiveness here in the Garland Festival. You get points for first and second, another basic event. This one I like because there's trading. You place your worker here, you get the thing. And if you place your worker there a second time on a future turn, you can trade the thing for points and random resources to get a little bit of exchange there. This is a nice little wrinkle, doesn't add too much overhead, folds into any game. Belfair also added a couple of really cool miniature modules that I think fold into any game. Uh, first of all, you get the different special events, which are a little bit more general. When you have a nice fat deck where you can't get the combos that you're looking for for the more constrained special events, you want these more general ones. The other thing you get, and at this point, this is kind of a thing that is included in all later expansions, but Belfair started it. Player powers. So you trade your meeple that you get in spring for a power that you can do. And so... It's a little bit of a mixed bag because it's a worker placement game. You want to be able to place that additional worker, but the trade is that you can focus a little bit more. So if you are focused on production, the snails might be for you. The stoats allow you to discard cards to get stuff. So if you notice your game is leaning a certain way and you can coordinate that with your power, it feels really good. Player powers are excellent in my opinion. My number four are the assorted extras from the collector's edition of the base game. So promos, you can get uh, all sorts of st uh, different places. Uh, if you want to go to the BGD store sometimes, uh, different cons, they always have uh, inventive little uh, packs that you can add in to flavor up that village deck. These two pieces come with the collector's edition of the base game. I understand that everybody has a collector's edition and there is a separate pack you can get called the Glimmer Gold pack. I think, well, maybe you can get it. <laughs> like with a lot of these things, availability is uh, kind of iffy. You might be stuck with getting the collector's edition in order to get these two pieces. But if you can swing it, then I think it's worth it. These are extra cards that add complexity, kind of like the, how the promo cards work. You add them in and they flavor up your game. This is the main star, though, that I'm referring to, which is the legendaries. So legendaries will interact with basic cards in the game. So you have your queen, which can be upgraded into a Mila Glissendu. And then you have, uh, you know, the teacher and different cards uh, in terms of the critters, the constructions like the clock tower and the dungeon can get upgraded to Dark Key Prison, I think that's awesome. <laughs> Anything that adds extra flavor, and it definitely does that by making your village particular, and extra mechanisms, these are more powerful versions of those other cards. Sign me up. Love the legendaries. My number three expansion for Everdell is Pearlbrook. So you have the sideboard that goes here on the left side of the board, and you also get the very cute frog ambassador meeples, one per faction. The way it works is that the space is only open when you meet the preconditions in your city. This is a hoity-toity faction that needs you to have some kind of reputation before you visit. Three production, two wanderers, etc. So then when you have it, you can visit, and then they reveal an ability to pay some of your resources to get pearls. Pearls are extremely valuable, more valuable than any resource in the game. They allow you to fire off your adornment, 
which is a one-time power. This is very, very powerful, personal thing that you can do. The pearls are also good to get these improved wonders which replace the basic events. So then you can go for that hope watch gate, get some points there, or you can shoot the moon, gather a whole bunch of resources throughout the course of the game and get that Starfall's flame. Now, some gamers will find this frustrating because you have to gather a lot of resources. It's easy to miss certain parts. So like, if you go for this, then you might not have the city that you want. You really have to string things together. However, my phrase for this is puzzle to pay off. If you can solve the puzzle and get everything that you need, getting that 25 point uh, score or even a 20 point score can be really satisfying. Nothing else in Everdell gives you that shot of points just at the end of the game. So for that experiential thing, Pearlbrook is my number three. My number two expansion for Everdell is the Spirecrest expansion. So you get these cute little walking rabbit meeples, one per faction. You don't interact with this board during your main worker placement and card play phases. It kicks in during the prepare for season. So then when you do so, you're going to travel the path. You're going to get one of these travelers tokens to add to your personal row. And you're going to have access to improved powers. Spirecrest tends to be the kind of expansion that I like because it adds challenge and it also adds good stuff. The challenge is uh, twofold. One, you have to contend with weather. So then this is a bad thing. Uh, forest location may not be visited during the winter. It's winter. <laughs> uh, spring, summer, fall also have additional challenges. Also, as you gather more of these as you travel through the path, at the end game, you need to be able to satisfy all these conditions in order to get the full effect. If you satisfy this one, but not this one, then <laughs> you don't get anything past that. A uh, nice thing to balance there. But you also get good stuff along the way. You can purchase these improved powers or improved worker spaces, or my favorite thing, which uh, definitely traps me. Uh, you see that there are some cars that have the big critter. You put a saddle on them and then an improved worker thematically, mechanically. I love what Spirecrest does. My number one expansion by far for Everdell is the Mistwood expansion. Now, I'm a solo player. This is a solo channel, so that is the lens through which I am making this assessment. The base game of Everdell had a bot, the Rugward, which provided this kind of static wall of resistance. It was okay. Kind of felt like you were playing Everdell on your own, which was fine for the time. The Nightweave bot is much more dynamic. The workers are plentiful, and they're going to spaces where you want to be. Uh, there's an Automa deck, which is very easy to implement. You play a card and you just do what it says. And it goes to different places depending on what you want to do. You want to gather resources? Too bad. They're there. You want to get a special event or a rush towards finishing your city? Too bad. It's there. The Nightweave bot does it all in a pretty intelligent way. And you also have Nightweave herself. Yes! Welcome to my lair! Do you accept the challenge? If you want, you can play with Nightweave and the workers in any game of Everdell, including the bigger expansions. You just have the Automa deck. 
I find that the best way to experience this bot in its fullness is to take out all the expansions and play with the personality cards. So they don't fold into the other stuff for various reasons, but when you open this up, you have personality for the big uh, Nightweave Meepo herself. She enters the meadow and does something bad to you. She will present turn by a season by season ploys, uh, long term plots, which get in your way, either providing global effects or buffing the workers or doing something else that's nasty to you. Oh, <laughs> this is my absolute favorite way to play Everdell. I love the game uh, in its entirety. I love the bigger expansions, but if I'm just going to throw down with one single game of Everdell, it is going to be with the Nightweave bot with the plot ploys and personality, my favorite. And that's not all when it comes to the overall Mistwood expansion. It adds a lot of things that I've mentioned previously that I like as well. It adds extra cards, in this particular case, improved farms. You swap out the boring farms that you get, and you have uh, different upgraded farms. We see that uh, more complicated text. Uh, I like that, that's pretty cool. It adds more legendary cards. I like the legendary expansion, and you get a few more of those. Mistwood, it, to me, is a no-brainer for a solo player. Finally, a little bonus here. This is not an expansion. Uh, this is a little piece I'm calling a commitment to cuteness. Every single expansion adds more animals and it adds six of each of the meeples. I'm only showing the pairs because quite frankly, they don't fit on my screen if I lay them all out. But you get a whole pile <laughs> at the end and you have all sorts of lovely animals, snails and bees. And I think these are foxes, bats, butterflies. Uh, the commitment to an adorable presentation, an inviting presentation is just unmatched fantastic. Everything that I've shown in this video so far has come from the Everdell Collector's Edition, as well as all the expansions that are all available in retail. So then, as you can see, everything that I own for this game fits in these two boxes. What you are looking at is gameplay all in. So about the Collector's Edition, but I wanted to point out that if that's all you're interested in, then these two packages that you can get at retail will serve you just fine. And so here is the Everdell Complete Collection. So you might have seen this on Kickstarter, raised a whole bunch of money for it. Once again, this has all the gameplay that you need. It fits in these two boxes. But if you want that deluxe experience, and I'll open the box in just a second, then the Complete Collection is there for you. Just for a sense of scale, look at my box of Gloomhaven. It's even bigger than that. Holy moly. So taking a look inside, first thing you see is this nice package laying out exactly that you get everything <laughs> that has uh, to do with Everdell, including all the expansions and where to store it. So then more games to definitely do this and, you know, constructing the tree and the different wonders uh, really guides you through. So the first thing is this box of adornments and wonders, which allows you to maintain their construction. Uh, if they're in those two boxes, you gotta kind of take them apart and put it back together. Not everybody's favorite, that's there for you. So then this piece right here is the tree, which if you're like me, you don't play with the tree because this thing is super inconvenient to put together and it gets in the way, but uh, you can just kind of put it in here. You have it uh, in case you want to make a nice looking one. That is all good. All right. So uh, this is where all of the animals are. And as you can see, I have them stickered up. This took a super long time to do because you're stickering all the animals, uh, all the critters. You can get the stickers separately. You don't have to get the complete collection in order to get all these nice stickers, but it's a nice bonus there for you and a good solution for the animals. 
So then uh, next up, you actually have this grooved in here uh, for the rule book. Sometimes big boxes will come and they don't give you space for the rule book. You kind of throw it on top. Nope. Uh, this is molded so that you can just fit the rule book. Big, thick rule book. Uh, lots of card explanations in there. Next up is all the little bits. Once again, you have a carry case uh, that accommodates everything. So uh, this is really cool for storage. I find it inconvenient in terms of uh, actual play on the table. That's something I would want is like little things to put them in. Guess what? <laughs> they sell that separately as well. All right, getting a little bit further in. Now we get to... Uh, actually, I'll talk about this first. I'll talk about the cards. So uh, nothing too uh, ex exciting or fancy here. Uh, all the cards, promos that come with, uh, the, um, the through every season from, I think it's uh, Mistwood, uh, the extra, extra cards that come in the Legendary set. Everything uh, comes together, including, uh, now this is a, a little bonus that I believe is only available here and elsewhere. Uh, these are alternative farms. So uh, some years ago, Everdell got in a little bit of trouble when people observed that there was only uh, options for a husband and a wife uh, in terms of like a spousal connection. So that was uh, came from the designers, James and Clarissa Wilson. They wanted to kind of put themselves in there as an Easter egg. You're the designer. You can do whatever you want. And they took that as this kind of heartwarming thing. But there was a controversy where... Well, there's a husband and a wife. Why can't there be a husband and a husband, a wife and a wife, same-sex marriage, different alternative means of uh, getting together? So, you know, there was a conversation about that and how the designers and publishers um, kind of navigated that was that they, first of all, they changed future printings. It is now no longer the husband and the wife. It is the harvester and the gatherer. A lot of the cards have been changed for then. And now you have the opportunity to personalize your experience. So these are blank. You can write yours in and have your own husband and wife combo and so many different, <laughs> you see, piles and piles of cards. So that one little thing that people had an issue with Everdell, they managed to turn it to, I guess it was about the best solution that they could. So I'm glad that they're listening. And finally, we have the board. So we have one custom insert. These are the player boards as well as the Mistwood expansion. You have your score. Uh, the bag for New Leaf right there. And I never even thought of this. This is kind of where we're at the bottom right here. Uh, I'm, I'll open this up and we have the board. So you're looking at the Belfair board right now. And then the different boards are in there for the base game uh, and everything else. This right here is felt. So I was like, wow, this is the thing that kind of gets in there, you know, uh, the components, whatever, whatever. But this can get kind of scratched up pretty easily if you put them in and out. But you have like a felt border here to preserve uh, the integrity of the boards. They thought of everything. So I am definitely not a deluxe person. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I'll be completely honest. I got this as a review copy from... Uh, Tabletop Tycoon because I covered Everdell over the years. Uh, I was perfectly happy and will still be perfectly happy with the uh, those two boxes full of game. However, if you can swing the deluxe version, whether you uh, got it on the Kickstarter or Amazon, eBay, wherever other um, this will be sold, I really think you're getting your money's worth. <laughs> A lot of thought went into this. So that is the complete collector's edition of Everdell. So now I'm going to go ahead and address a question which comes up frequently, which is, can you play 
all those expansions together in one big massive game of Everdell. So a couple of reasons for that. Number one, the product model. Uh, all those sideboards fit around the main board to make this one big mega Everdell, which barely fits on my table, as you can see from that picture. But really, let's be honest. It's just you and me here. When I read that question on forums, more often than not, it comes from a spirit of, I don't want to be bothered shuffling and unshuffling and you know combining the sets and looking at all those little icons and i just want to be able to shuffle it all together and throw it on the table it's the path of least resistance and it also takes advantage of all the money we spend uh people want to know that they're getting their money's worth and it doesn't feel right to spend 30 40 bucks on an expansion and you have to go through all the rigmarole to play it and you can probably only play it once because really uh we have so many games <laughs> how often really am i going to play this am I going to get my money's worth from the expansion? And is it going to be user-friendly for me as a gamer? <sighs> I understand all that, uh, but I have to say the big mega expansion of Everdell wasn't that fun. I did try it, and uh, a couple of things happened. First of all, um, the designer is open about saying this has not been play-tested at all. I can feel that. Uh, you know, we played the game, and it was fine. You know, it, you know scores happened. Uh, but there could be something lurking in all the, the admixture that just breaks the game, makes it collapse. So that's number one. From an experiential perspective, the way that expansions are constructed is that you kind of have to go for whatever is there in order to truly take advantage. You know, due to Pearl Brook, you got to either get a bunch of pearls and get those wonders or ignore uh, what's going on there. If you're doing Spire Crest, you, you got to, you know, make sure that you complete that path, which might mean you focus a little bit and ignore what's going on there. So why have everything shuffled together and set up if you're going to ignore big parts of what you've already presented? Now, I can see the counter argument. It's there for me. If I choose, that's okay. But the thing is, I chose. And if I want to you know, play differently, then I'll play differently the next game. It's there for me to explore. Hey, it is your game. You do what you want. For me and for answering that question of whether it is truly worth it to play all those big expansions together and keep them all shuffled together, it made me appreciate more just having the one expansion, Pearlbrook or Spirecrest or whatever module, and throw in kind of modular pieces here and there, like player powers or legendary cards for that um, mixing of the experience. That's my favorite way to play Everdell, not necessarily that big, bloated, expanded thing. And so that is my coverage for all things Everdell, at least at the present time. According to the designer and publisher, this is it uh, for this iteration of Everdell. Will we get a new iteration in five years, 10 years, some 10th anniversary edition where it adds new content? Who knows? Uh, or is it going to be a Donald X Vaccarino situation where it's like, oh, you know what? This is the last Dominion set. And then uh, a couple years later, boom, another Dominion set. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, all I know is that there is enough... Um, different play styles, uh, different ways of approaching it, uh, and just depth of gameplay to last year a very, very long time. If you decide to go all in, either on the gameplay package or the complete collection, it's a game that is going to be in my collection for a very, very long time. This is Jason with the One Stop Co-op Shop, reminding you that we will see you at the next stop. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. 
You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.